Hey, 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 Joe here from the spot of Joe. Welcome back to a day of another podcast episode. Subscribe if you like it, don't if you don't, and if you don't know yet, wait till the end of the episode and you will find out. Um, I was inspired yesterday by another podcast, a newer podcast, um, a guy who has blog and a podcast and is starting a YouTube channel soon, um, and a podcast called The Inner Winner Podcast. And he's just talking about some interesting stories that he had on one of the episodes. And I'm thinking, you know what? I should get back on this game. I am not making the podcast a center of my life, but I very much enjoy hearing my own voice. And I've been told it's very hypnotizing. Um, but I've also been told that um, people get some value from hearing my stories, and whether it's just entertainment or a, a warning or inspiration or something, I've, um, I've heard that people uh, like it and that people want to hear more. One time, um, I was in college, um, just one time, and my roommate, um, I will leave names out of this, but my roommate was an um, upstanding guy. I actually looked up to him because he, he seemed very confident, and he, he was very confident. He was fun. He was funny. He seemed, seemed like people look up, looked up to him. He had himself in control, but he wasn't like, like, like awkward. He was still fun. You know, he still went out and partied, and he wasn't just a weird, in-control, studious person that didn't go out and have fun, too. He was both of those things. Very, very smart, I would say. He's probably the most studious of the group. Maybe equal. No, that's not necessarily true. There were some pretty studious people in my um, apartment there at Rutgers. But I would be pretty open and honest about my experiences. And one day, it was just me and him sitting on the couch or something. And um, he actually broke down and, and started crying and was like, Joe, how do you get yourself? No, actually, it was in a diner. Um, how do you get yourself to do all these things? It's, I, I feel like I'm, I'm jealous of you because you're so open and willing to experience new things. Um, and it really touched me because I didn't realize that, um, that he had this reaction to me. And it made me a little bit, it threw me off a little bit because I didn't expect it. Um, but I also kind of felt for him and I also realized, and that was one of, in the early days of my blog, I don't even know, that might have been before my blog. And it was one of the reasons why I started it, because um, I realized that there are people in this world who don't really know how to kind of be free-spirited. Um, but then I, myself, got a lot of um, imposter syndrome. Dun-dun-dun. Where I didn't think that what I was doing was that valuable. And I also wasn't very disciplined in putting out episodes um, and, and so I would put some out and then feel bad and then feel hesitation and then stop and then put some out and then feel hesitation, and not follow through. And then I would stop. And that's been my pattern. And it will now that it's not my focus, it will definitely not be consistent. But um, there might be a time where I come back to pod, the podcast and everything and be like, you know what? I have put you on hold for way too long. I'm going to start blogging and pod podcasting and YouTubing. <clears throat> but the thing is, if I do that, I need to not need to make money off of it. Because one thing that I very much enjoyed is not having a, 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 what do you call it? 
not having a, a pressure on me to do things, these things to make money. Because when I do, I, I get a little salesy with subscription. I get a little salesy with, hey, buy merch, buy merch, buy merch. Subscribe, subscribe. Look at what's going to happen at the end of the episode. Dun, dun, dun. Ten things that I wish I would have done differently. The tenth one is going to be super exciting. Um, but I don't want to do that. I don't like doing that because then I'm creating content not for the sake of the content, but I'm creating content to make sure that I have food on the table and to make sure that I have rent and it compromises my ability to create content. So my solution is to get a software development job, which is something that I'm actively um, doing in the job search and get a, I actually, thankfully I have like five friends who are developers right now <laughs> or, or were developers and are now um, like just traveling on road trips. I have one friend in particular, she had two friends who were developers and are now on road trips around the U.S. of A. Um, which is awesome because that's exactly what I want to do. And it's a lot, it's very easy when you make uh, six figures or close to six figures and only spend half of that or less on your living expenses and you have a ton of savings. So um, I have the skills and I've been told. I also have imposter syndrome with that because I'm like, oh, I can't get a job. I'm not a good coder. And people are like, oh my God, you've made iPhone apps and Apple TV apps and, and Apple Watch apps. You've made those? And I'm like, yeah, not a big deal. And they're like, dude, that's a big deal. And I'm like, I guess, I don't know. And they're like, yeah, that's a big deal. And so that's one thing I didn't realize is that these things are a bigger deal than I've made them out to be. But um, anyway, that's the background of a little bit of what's going on right now. If you're on my email list, you would have gotten some of that. Um, some of this is new, some of this isn't. But... I want to make it come full circle because there was a thing I, I started this episode out about, and the reason I was inspired was from a particular story on the Inner Winter podcast um, about uh, the craziest girl he's ever dated, um, and that's that was a, f a fascinating story, and it was just so entertaining to hear. And then I realized that do I have any crazy stories? And the answer is I do have a lot of crazy stories. I have a ton of crazy stories, and. Um, from uh, traveling and from um, also from my days uh, doing pickup and hitting on girls, which I am ashamed of some of that because some of the stuff that there's a phase that I think a lot of guys go through, which I believe is necessary, where you're just hitting on girls and not really knowing, not really caring, care, thinking more of yourself than about them and not, not thinking of an us but thinking of I. And I think that that is a, um, uh, it's unfortunate, but I think it's a stage that a guy has to go through in order to get to a stage of, let me think about us. Because a lot of guys I know, when you start out trying to get laid, you think of, you, you, you start thinking of only her. And that doesn't work. You're, you get frustrated and bitter. And then you think of only I. And then only once you do both those things can you figure out how to think of us. But I think you have to start out, if you start out thinking of let me please you, then you have to, sometimes the, you have to go through the let me think of me phase before you get to a let me think of us 
when I, when I do whatever I'm going to do, like in, all, in my actions with you. Um, and, uh, and so I think it's unfortunate but, but important to go through the let me think of me phase. Um, but I have some stories about that that I might start talking about. I don't know. I haven't really been super open about that because um, I do believe that it has a few stories in particular have hampered my career. Um, and now that I am looking for a development job, I don't really believe I want to have that out there in the open. But I will talk about one of my travel stories right now, um, which I'm really, this one is <laughs> exciting and, 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 and scary and has, the end, has you gripping on the end of your seat. I've told it to a lot of my friends um, and they know it pretty well because it was very significant. It stands out. <clears throat> it is the reason why I will never have a worse freelance client than this guy. And I will have to say that of all the freelance clients, I've done several freelance graphic design jobs. Um, I, he is the worst. And I, I'm almost guaranteed that I'm over that hump and that no matter what anyone tries to throw at me, I will have had a worst freelance client. Now, I don't really want to um, tempt fate, so it's possible that I will have a worse freelance client. And I hope to God, and I don't even believe in God, I hope to God if he's out there or she, or it, or the turtle that is God. Um, I think some Native Americans believe that the earth is on a, a turtle's back, but I don't know if that means, I don't think they believe it's God, I just think they mean it, like we're on the turtle, tortoise's shell or something. Um, but I hope to God or tortoise or whatever that uh, I don't. And you'll see why soon. Story time, folks. Cuddle up, curl up, get a warm blanket, a nice warm mug of tea or hot chocolate or coffee if it's the morning. Don't do that if it's the evening. I don't want you to stay up too late. Sleep is very nice and you need some. But listen up. I'm going to get on my story time voice and uh, hopefully you can hear me. I have my microphone under my mouth and uh, I, I am hoping that it is picking, oh, it is picking up my voice pretty well. So Curl up, cuddle up, nice warm beverage, nice tightly wrapped. You're cuddling your lover or your blanket or your stuffed teddy bear or your sex doll. I was 20, 20, 20, was that 20? I was 24 actually when I left and I was 25 when I returned. I had dropped out of college because I wanted to go and travel the world and do what I wanted to do on my own terms. And to be frank, in the last semester of college, I had taken on way too much. And by way too much, I meant I was president of two clubs. I was also a, a student ambassador to a um, prominent tech company in the research field. I had to organize tech talks for them. I also had a job as a, uh, a Rutgers help desk person. And I was part of a, an on-campus French culture community, living community where I lived in a dorm where we were supposed to only speak French, which we didn't really do all the time. But we also learned about French culture and did French things like make macarons. And we also went to New York City to see Les Miserables, which is the third time I've seen it on stage before it, um, went off Broadway. Thankfully, I got to see it one more time. 
which was really fun. And uh, we did a bunch of things like that, very French things, learning about French culture. We had somebody who was from France, who stayed with us. I think she was from La Bretagne, uh, Vallée de la Loire, uh, Brittany or Loire Valley, if you are English speakers. Um, but I love French culture, and um, I actually learned it in seventh, started learning it in seventh grade because there was a French girl I was very attracted to, and I wanted to ask her out in French, which I did. All my friends had crushes on her, and I was the only one that asked her out. Story for another time, I digress. Anyway, I was doing way too much that semester. And at the same time, I was overwhelmed, and also I liked to party, which was a newer thing for me, but a thing I very much enjoyed. Um, and also I liked girls very much, so I was distracted, and my grades started failing. My grades, which were A's and B's before that time, started going to uh, maybe N-A, a couple B's, uh, C's, D's, and, and, and F's in a couple of classes. It was not doing, I was not doing so well. Um, I was doing way too much, trying to be an overachiever. Um, experiences I got that semester I will never forget and are extremely exciting and awesome. To be honest, actually, I think that was not the last semester I'm talking about, but it was the start of the decline, was uh, being overwhelmed and... Um, not uh, taking care of myself. So I decided to drop out of college and I decided to travel the world for a few reasons. One, because I wanted to travel the world. Two, because um, once I dropped out of college, my family decided that they weren't going to support me anymore, which I think was a valid decision because their support, their, their paying my bills was um, contingent on whether I was going to college or not. And now that I wasn't going to college, they stopped paying my bills, which I think is a very fair decision to make. Um, I was, of course, not happy with it. And I didn't like it, and I fought against it because I didn't really know how to make my own money, which I guess is, is a good thing in that I probably had a privileged upbringing in certain ways, was chaotic and very unhealthy in others. But I think when it comes to money, um, I was very privileged. I uh, had family who decided to take care of my bills until I was 24, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, later than most families do that for. Um, I also think it hurt me because I had to learn a little bit late what it meant to live paycheck to paycheck, which unfortunately for many is a necessary stage. And unfortunately for a lot is the end stage. And hopefully, well, not hopefully, it won't be my end stage unless I die today. But um, it was nice to, um, to have that, and it was kind of pulled out from under me based on me deciding to drop out of college. So I was also uh, running from homelessness. It was snarling and biting at my heels every single day. If I didn't pay my bills, then homelessness um, would uh, catch up and bite me and rip me to the ground. And <coughs> if I spent couple hundred bucks on a ticket to Colombia, then I would, um, I, would, um, I would be able to be in a country where I could get a bed anywhere in like a nice Airbnb. For instance, I, I stayed at a nice, not even Airbnb, like an actual bed and breakfast that on Booking.com had a 9.2, I believe, rating. It was like ridiculously high. I stayed there for 40,000 Colombian pesos a night, which at the time, 
I think now it's the exchange rate's even better for Americans and worse for Colombians because both of our economies are doing well, but we have a little bit more ability, a lot more ability to withstand it. Oh, sorry, both our economies are doing badly, but we have more, more um, support, back-end support to uh, support, you know, to, to kind of ride us through that. Uh, we, I don't think we're doing super well with that, but we have more, we, we're better at doing that than Colombia, so I think our currency has fared better. But this is in 2017, it's about 3,000 pesos per dollar, so that equ equates to about $14 a night for this um, bed and breakfast. Actually, I think it was, they didn't really give you too much in the morning, but they gave you like, it wasn't like a full breakfast. So it wasn't totally a bed and breakfast, but it was amazing and comfortable. And one of the owners, the owners were brothers. One of the owners was, um, um, oh, oh, it was so cool. So I st I, I'll come back to that. Um, that was actually after the story, after the um, worst freelance client of my life. And one of the most interesting travel stories I have where I almost landed in a Colombian jail overnight, uh, crying and uh, in the fetal position for days while the guards beat me. It did not happen, spoiler alert, but I o it almost happened. And I mean, it was very, very close to happening. So um, that was that. Um, and so I was, I, was, I was running from homelessness, running so scared and so uh, worried and, um, and uh, if, I, if I paid a couple hundred bucks to go to Colombia, then my dollar would stretch so much further and I would be able to uh, stave off homelessness and, uh, and make it tired and run faster, uh, metaphorically, with this analogy that I'm making. You follow me. So those were some of the reasons I went to Colombia. And, um, and so uh, I went. I made tons of blogs and vlogs, and I found this Airbnb host. Funny thing is, when I landed in Colombia, I called, uh, you take a bus to the bus terminal, and then from the bus terminal, I called an Uber, because they have Ubers there. And as I was on the Uber, driving to the Airbnb, there were stop signs. Well, there were, there were red octagons that had a word on it I didn't understand because I barely knew Spanish. I had two semesters in college, but it, it, only, it only prepared me to figure out how to learn Spanish. And me knowing French was also helpful because the grammar is very similar. And um, these red octagons had a word that said pare. I didn't know what that means, what it meant. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting word, pare. And so I'm like, I'm saying to the driver, like, I actually didn't know that <laughs> apparently I was, I was saying, when I first got there, I said, que eso, which means what that. Um, and so I'm like, when I, when I wanted to know what a word said, I was like, que eso, and it sounded like queso, which means cheese. So apparently, I kept saying cheese. <laughs> cheese this, cheese that. <laughs> People were like, what? What are you saying? Like, why are you saying cheese all the time? But what I was actually trying to do was I was trying to ask what this word meant because I didn't know Spanish that well. So I'm like... Um, so I said, ¿Qué eso? Pare. And then the Uber driver was like, oh, pare? Okay. And he like, put his foot on the brakes. And I'm like, no, 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 ¿Qué, qué, qué eso? ¿Qué eso? ¿Qué, qué eso? And I point to the, um, I'm pointing now, I realize you can't see me point. Uh, I point to the stop sign, and I'm like, ¿Qué eso? 
about it. He's like, oh, oh, okay, about it. And so he like puts his foot on the brakes again. <coughs> and I actually never get him to answer what about it means, but I kind of put two and two together after like two or three times, more than I'm willing to admit. <laughs> I'm, I'm figuring out what body meant. Um, thank you to random Uber guy in Cali, Colombia, for um, for uh, uh, for that, <laughs> for putting up with me, telling him to stop every few seconds. Body means stop. If you haven't guessed, it's on a red octagon at intersections in Colombia and probably a lot of other Spanish-speaking countries. And um, and it means stop. Believe it or not. So, so I finally get to the Airbnb. I go in, sleep, all that stuff. Oh man, there was some. That was an awesome Airbnb. There was a courtyard in the back. She had uh, yerba buena, which was um, which translates to good herb, but it's just oregano. Uh, she had um, like like a bunch of spinach. Like I just you just take off leaves and eat it, which I would do. She gave me a tour. She had uh, I think she had basil. She had lemongrass and a couple other things, and she of course had coca plant, which is grows all around Colombia. And uh, in its in its leaf form, it's actually kind of like green tea. You can use it in a tea, they do use it in coca coca leaf tea, and I've had coca leaf tea, and it's just like green tea. Um, that's a side note. When it comes to cocaine, the only issue with cocaine is that it's pure. Do you know what pure caffeine looks like? I'll give you. Five seconds to answer. Four, three, two, one. Pure caffeine is a white powder. Now, I haven't tried it, but do you know what happens when you snort it? Five, four, three, two, one. It has pretty much the same effect physiologically and subjectively as cocaine. So, but. Uh, caffeine is not illegal here in the States, which is kind of interesting. I think one of the reasons that cocaine is illegal is because of the violence in the process of creating it. But if we legalized it, I think it would have an, a, a, a lot of the same, like it, would, it would pretty much be like caffeine, but I think there would be a, a long period in which people would abuse it because of the culture around it. But really, it's just like a stronger version of caffeine. You wouldn't want to have pure caffeine, but you could, I'm sure you could buy it. I don't know if it's legal to, or easy for a um, non-manufacturer to buy it. Maybe only manufacturers can buy pure caffeine in white powder form, because <laughs> that's what it is. Um, but it's pretty much like a weaker form of cocaine. And it's legal, and it's in everything. So if cocaine wasn't everything, people would freak out, but only because of their judgment, and probably because of the history. I don't want to dis discount the gory history of cocaine and the deaths that that history has caused people. Um, but a lot of that is because it was illegal. If it wasn't legal, then it would probably be in our culture like caffeine is, because it's pretty much just a stronger version of the same exact thing, physiologically and subjectively, what it does to your body. So that's a pretty crazy thing. So that's why coca leaf tea isn't really that bad at all. It's pretty much just like green tea. It's almost the same thing. It's just instead of caffeine, it's cocaine, which are, again, very similar chemicals. If you're, if you're a geek like I am and like information and read voraciously, or at least used to read voraciously, I sort of read and then listen to audiobooks now. Thank God for Kindle. Um, 
if he, she, or tortoise exists. But <coughs> basically, there were coca leaves in their backyard. And um, it was, besides the heat in the room, oh my god, that was such a cool Airbnb. And the eggs, when I got eggs, I brought the eggs back. They're like, they're like a normal carton. Huevos, huevos. They uh, cracked them open and they had these dark yellow, yellow yolks, sorry, dark orange yolks. Um, and I've only found that here. I buy Vital Farms eggs, which are pasture-raised, humanely raised and handled. Um, really nice, like, expensive eggs are like six bucks per, per carton of dozen. But, um, I mean, if you only have... If you're buying like dollar per carton, then it's two dollars for two cartons. If you're having two cartons of the really expensive ones, it's twelve dollars per carton. That's only ten extra dollars a week to be a ton more healthy and to be more ethical. Um, but these every eggs I got were deep orange, and then all the butter was like a dark yellow or like a, a nice like medium yellow, kind of like Kerrygold. You know, if you get like butter, if you don't get something like Kerrygold. <clears throat> then you're going to get something that's like almost white. The butter is almost white, and it doesn't have much flavor. But down there, and I've also found Kerrygold has like a dark or a deep flavor. I think it's because they don't, they probably don't have the infrastructure to do factory farming as much, and they probably do a lot more. That was just at a normal grocery store. They probably have a lot more independent farmers just farming in, you know, better ways. <laughs> because they don't have the infrastructure or the money for factory farming. I might be wrong about that, but because my, that's, I'm only saying that <coughs> as a result of um, a, a judgment I've made because all of their uh, produce that I found was quite high quality even though it was cheaper. So that was an interesting thing. Cheaper and uh, more widely available. You didn't have to go to Whole Foods to get stuff like that. This is a normal grocery store. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to say about Colombia, and I really want to get into it and get to the part where I um, have this horrible, 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 horrible freelance client. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to let this go right now. It's almost 30 minutes, and I think that's a good stopping point. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm getting all congested here. I'm recovering from a cold. Last Saturday, I got a cold, and I sequestered myself in my apartment because now it's time for COVID. And I wanted to make sure I didn't spread it if I had it. So I got tested on Tuesday. It was the rapid test, uh, but uh, their machine was down, so it took half the day, unfortunately. But I got the results back, and I am not a zombie. I'm negative, which was nice. Um, but uh, my body is still, ha is still like, a little bit congested, and my throat is still a little bit sore from that. Um, but I know I don't have it, which is nice, because apparently it's not good. Even if you don't have symptoms, uh, or much symptoms, and apparently sometimes it can still damage your body without you noticing until later. So that's something I don't want. I like my body very much. But it also means I'm going to have very annoying sounds on this episode of coughing and sniffling, so I'm sorry about that, but um, there's so much to say about Colombia, about my travels, and uh, I really want to say more, 
but I will leave that for the next episode. I'll tell you a little bit more about my, my landing in Colombia and then the lead up to um, the story. This will probably either be a two-part or three-part thing, and I hope that you uh, subscribe if you like it, which many of you do, and I hope that you don't die of anticipation, because I like you, and you're awesome, and I want to inspire you with my stories to live a life that you enjoy and is sustainable, which is something I'm working on the sustainability right now. <laughs> I was very good at doing the enjoyable part earlier, but it wasn't sustainable. So um, that's what I'm working on now. Sharing my journey, something I really have recently realized is a valuable thing. People are having some good feedback, and I also enjoy when people who are having the life, or at least in, you know, working out, I wouldn't say that I am in a finished position, but who are working out a life and have some, a lot more progress than I do. Not a bad thing at all. It's good to have people you look up to and guide you and further down the road than you. I very much enjoy when people like that are being vulnerable about the process. Um, I find that it's very frustrating and it's ex easily extremely transparent when people are like, I'm a guru and I'm going to tell you how to do things. <clears throat> no. If you are more uh, experienced in somebody and you are vulnerable, then that is helpful. You don't need to pretend like you're perfect. You can easily be like, I was flawed, I am flawed, I will continue to be flawed because that is the human condition. I will never be perfect, nor do I want to be perfect, but here are the lessons I've learned and me just talking about my journey will probably help you because it shows you that I'm human and that here are some of the things that you might come across on the same journey that I have. Um, that was a, a big uh, epiphany. I don't want to say an epiphany. It wasn't like, a, oh my god. It was more of a gradual thing, uh, gradual realization that helped me understand and appreciate that my podcast has value. Um, and uh, my, you know, my, my blog and my YouTube channel. So hopefully that will help me create a more regular content thing. One of the big reasons I wasn't creating a regular content thing was A, I was relying on it for money, and that's not a good thing to do right off the bat. And B, I had deep imposter syndrome where I didn't think anything I was saying was valuable. Um, but I realize now that it is. So anyway, I hope that you enjoy, and uh, enjoy whatever the hell you're doing right now. Bye. Till next time. Hey, because of COVID and everything, um, a lot of independent artists and creators and entrepreneurs and small businesses are having a hard time. So um, I reached out to all my friends and uh, I decided as a sponsor to give a section of my episode uh, to help out the people that I love who are doing awesome things. Um, and my friend Kimmy is one of the coolest people I know. She's a fashion designer. She teaches fashion design. She makes fashion uh, and sells it at art shows and individuals in the stores around Austin area. Um, she's an awesome creator. And I want to give her a shout out. Her name is Kimberly Grau, and uh, she runs Red Moth Art. And that's at redmothart.com, R-E-D-M-O-T-H-A-R-T.com. She makes these really cool denim kimono jackets that she hand paints. She also has a series of, um, of uh, hand-painted uh, sewn face masks that she's designed and made herself. Um, and each one is a different, it's all Japanese themed and it's a different uh, section of 
uh, of an army. There's a uh, uh, different different people in this uh, this army that she creates. So if you want to join the Red Moth Army and get one of those awesome face masks, go to redmothart.com and give her a shout out for me. She's pretty awesome. Uh, she's a dancer, a real creative girl, and uh, hope that you uh, you enjoy what she has.